Welcome back. We're back. Welcome back, everybody, to Sharpen That Axe, a podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. I can still say that. Clearly, time has not um, affected me in any way in my pronunciation skills. My name is Dylan Murphy. Uh, with me, as always, is my co-host, John Gillen. John, how are you? That's me. Hello. I'm still you a bit jet lagged. We yeah. planned on maybe trying to get a recording session in while I was over there, but it, it was a bit of a blitz. Um, yeah. The time yeah. that we did, precious time that we did have together was comprised of um, eating barbecue and drinking. And so, watching yeah. Cork beat Claire in the Munster yeah. Hurling mm-hmm. final. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, so John, <laughs> John was here, but we did not podcast while he was over. But he'll be back because he loves Ireland and he will eventually move back here. I miss you, Ireland. That's, that, that's it. So yes, it has been quite a while, but we are in episode 49. We're back. Um, it's 49? I think it was 49. Is it 49? It's been so long. Fancy now. Moses. Oh my gosh. So, uh, yeah. Uh, how, how is your old things guitar, John, been? Um, getting, getting kind of back into the swing of things. The trip to Ireland was a little mental. Um, I was playing at a conference there and playing for the youth. And it would be like from 10 to 1 at night. So it wasn't straight playing. There were some things and, you know, youth and games and whatever things that youth do, but it was a blast. It was, it was great to play for the kids because kids have a good time. Whereas grownups kind of shout and throw things at you. So yeah, so, no, yeah. I like, I like how you used youth as in the singular as well. That's, that's, that's yeah. good. Um, singular youth. Um, cool. <laughs> the, the one youth that was yeah. there. <laughs> um, you know, Slow you know, clap. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, Lick of the week. Uh, it is your turn. Um, we have to go back and just remember who it was because it's been a while. Yeah, and, and to be fair, I, I I really struggled to remember it. If I've done this particular artist before, we're going to start repeating artists. I'm really afraid of this. That's quite all right. No, no, so, repeating artists is okay. I mean, as long as it's not the same lick. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. But anyway, sweet child of mine again. Okay, cool. Um, here is me playing, clicking play now. fade out oh no you have not i don't know who the hell or what the hell this is (laughs) so i didn't really expect you to but uh i know we hadn't done this artist and uh if i had picked anything else it probably would have been a dead giveaway so yeah okay this is weird okay i have a few things like mm, like part of me if it was if it was more bass heavy i would have said it would have been something like primus but Mm. um with the toggle switching um that's pretty much the technique that's being used here, right? To, to be honest, I'm not 100% sure. I think that's part of it, but yeah. Yeah, that Buckethead does that a lot, but I don't think it's him because you've never mm-hmm. really expressed a fondness for him. Yeah, I don't know. That tone is weird, though, as well. It's a weird guitar tone. Um, I, 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 I do believe I give up, John. Okay, so this is actually Steve Stevens. Oh, cool. No, we have never talked about Steve Stevens. Yeah. Is this, is this with Billy Idol? No, that's why, that's why I said if I had picked just about anything else he was known for, you probably would have got it straight away. 
Steve so, Stevens is the man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think really an underrated player because he's mostly only known for a handful of solos with Billy Idol. But this was the Bozio or Bozio Levin and Stevens project. So wow. Terry Bozio, uh, Steve Stevens, and um, Tony Levin who's also the bass player for Peter Gabriel among a host of other things. He's the super tall. He's like six and a half feet, you know, six, five or six, six or whatever bald guy that plays with the drumsticks on his fingers. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, I've never heard of the super group. I mean, friends, if you do not, ha- if you have not seen Terry Bozio's drum kit, highly recommend a Google image search on that. It is just stupid, stupid, big, um, two trucks worth of drums. Um, yeah, cool. what's he call it? It's like the Microsonic Orchestra or something like that. That sounds that. about right. I think it's this like artistic license that if you work with Frank Zappa, Zappa you can sound like a dickhead. Um, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> um, yeah, that that's cool, man. I had no idea that 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 is a very obscure supergroup. Yeah. So this was. Um, what did they call it? Uh, yeah, Black Light Syndrome was the name of this album. Ah, C-B-L-S. Fazio, Levin, and Stevens. Anyway, this uh, this particular one, not clever at all, guys. I'm sorry. sorry Great sorry. musicians, not a clever title. Um, yeah. <laughs> this this song is called Dark Corners. And yeah, it's I, I find Steve Stevens like an absolutely fascinating guitar player, particularly with that kind of... And there's some tracks on this album where he does that really weird, the the sort of toggle switch thing, but it ends up sounding like a video game laser gun. Like yeah, it's static. And yeah. I have no idea how he does that. To be well, fair. have you seen the video where it's he does it live? It's uh, it's where he gets the toy ray gun. Is it? What is it? Is it Rebel Yell? Where it's the guitar solo is him. He gets the toy ray gun and he places it to the guitar pickup, and the pickup picks up the sound of it. Really? Maybe that's. Yeah, I think that's it. That, that maybe that's it. all there is to it. Yeah. One thing it's is like that Van yeah, Halen and the Drill. Yeah. Ex- well, well, Paul Whoa. Gilbert. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did did Paul Gilbert do the uh, the picks on the Drill? Or yes. is it just the drill? Okay, so Van Halen at the beginning of Pound Cake does a... And who was the band that did the chainsaw? Oh, that's going to drive me nuts. Uh, <laughs> just going to scream it out some other time on the podcast. Yeah, and... I am, because I'm going go, to start looking it up now. It was some <laughs> 80s... Jackal, that's who it was. The wow. Lumberjack song, yeah. Christ almighty. Yeah. Uh, no, I um I do like Steve Stevens, friends if you don't know him. I really like his work with uh Billy Idol. I think it's something so small, but that riff in Rebel Yale, the dun 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 where he's doing the it's basically like I don't know what you call it, but he's using he's hybrid picking, but it's he's I th- I thought it was a keyboard for so long and it's it's really hard to play um for like a pop song. So yeah, no, great. Yeah, player. actually that's that's a really good point. I had come across uh there's a YouTube video of the isolated guitar solo from Rebel Yell. And it's mm. really worth a listen because there's a lot of like standard blues licks and then there's a, one or two things where you're just like, whoa, hang on, hang on, what's what's that? Back it up and um, one of my favorite albums um, of his, he did a solo album that was all kind of quasi flamenco style stuff, but it's right. all picked. 
So yeah. instead of kind of, you know, normal flamenco rosciato stuff, he, it's all picked and it's really, it's fun listening. It's kind of, it was called flamenco a go-go. Oh, um, Christ. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but there we go. So far, a very informative episode on both our parts. Um, sweet. So uh, it, it is it's time for gear talk. So talking we're gear. Talking gear. Yes. Um, so we are, I bought a new guitar. I've never bought a new guitar. I, all my guitars have been pre-owned or um, secondhand or pawn shop deals or whatever so yes i um took my big boy job and my big boy paycheck and i bought a big boy guitar and it is let's see the guitar well uh, okay right friend this is really bad to do as with the podcast medium but uh yeah this is my we've talked about it on or yes this is where we sound like um southern, southern oh open. i do believe i'm getting the vapors yeah oh, Lord oh my gosh oh. yes so that is uh semi hollow body yes Demi Hollow Body, uh, GNL ASAT Classic Blues Boy Tribute mm. Series. Yes, um, I got a, a Guitarist Ireland actually pulled it out of the bag. I posted on the Guitarist Ireland fa- Facebook page and I was like, I'm going to buy one of these. Does anybody have any experience with it? And this local dealer was like, if you want to buy Irish, I'll hook you up with one for, you know, and I'll set it up for free. Um, so, yeah, really happy what? with that. So was that yeah. there in Galway? No, this is in um, just outside of Dublin. But the guy was like, I have a distributor deal with this guy in the uk and yeah free like free delivery and yeah, it was great and um, really shipped yeah, it to so, your house then right there uh yeah right there and then um so yeah no it was really really cool uh so that brings us into buying new gear versus buying old gear and uh john thoughts did i mean was your first guitar like you know a new or an old piece or what, what are your thoughts towards buying old gear um, I think buying something slightly used by and large will get you more bang for your buck. So I usually encourage my students to buy used stuff. I bought, I've only bought a handful of used instruments myself, which is kind of ironic because as I start thinking through it, like most of like the first electric guitar I bought, which was a not very good, uh, Mexican strat, um, yeah. That was, I, I bought that new and I always regretted that purchase because <laughs> I never yeah. recovered the money on it and it just felt like I spent too much money. Um, the, big, yeah. yeah, the next guitar though that I bought was an Ibanez and um, that I think I ended up selling for just about as, about what I paid for it. So, yeah. you know, That's- I think there's, there's an advantage there if you're buying a, a particular brand used you are going to recover that money but for example most of the time once you start using a guitar that's it you're done you're not gonna it depreciates yeah so i think it depends um but as long as it's been taken care of you know the neck is straight i think you can go you can get a lot more out of your money you know if it's got some scratches from someone's belt buckle on the back how often are you going to be looking at the back of it you know how often is the be, audience going to be looking at the back of it? Not going to be flipping it around like Hank Williams now. Um, no. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that it's really it's really easy to buy secondhand now more so than ever before. Um, and, you know, there is like, it's all kind of legit, if you know what I mean. Like if you go mm-hmm. to adverts or done deal or i don't know what it's like in the states or like ebay or, or whatever and um, maybe not even ebay but if you go to we were talking about reverb the other day and uh, using it as a resource to buy and sell 
used gear and it's great to have like it's 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 basically because it's mostly stores that are selling used gear and you can buy it like internationally which is great yeah thing to have and they have just the literally type in any gear and you'll find someone who's selling a secondhand version of it which is fantastic brilliant yeah absolutely yeah and i, I guess I, yeah. go ahead no 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 i just think that uh like buying something new is nice every now and again but if you're buying everything new all the time it's i don't know it's plus there's more like luthiers and people that can fix stuff up if something is broken more so yeah. now than ever I, I think the I, now for my part i probably would not Depending, I guess, depending upon how much I was looking to spend. If I was looking to spend between four and eight hundred dollars, I would probably be looking, um, probably used in some fashion. Anything more than that, I would probably be looking at like a custom luthier and yeah, say, "Hey, you know, what can I get for eleven hundred dollars?" And right now, there's a lot of stuff that you could buy new um, from someone that's closer to handmade than, say, like a Fender or a Gibson for eleven hundred. And you can get a lot of bang for your buck, even for a new guitar at that price point, I think. So Yeah. We talked about luthiers and the whole the the rise of the luthier in our last episode. Yeah. When we were talking about acoustics and how like if you do have the cash, it's really, really worth it. But yeah, I think with pedals and stuff, I'm totally up with buying secondhand. Yeah, and I'd say the same thing for amps. Like there's almost no reason to buy a brand new amp. Yeah. That's uh it yeah. At least that's that's kind of my take on it. There's there might be a few exceptions if, I, but if you're looking at a new tube amp, um, I, I just I wouldn't see much of a reason to do that. I don't know. I'm a big fan of secondhand stuff if it's well taken care of, because you know you can get more bang for your buck. That said, if you were buying something that would be heavily electronic based, like uh, a Kemper or a line six or say, yeah. something like that i would feel probably a little bit better buying new and just having a warranty on it or if you could buy it from a place like guitar center and buy yeah. a warranty on that you because know that would so much that could go around yeah exactly so i'd, I'd want to know that it was covered in some fashion at least for a little bit instead of like maybe this person is getting rid of it because it's buggy and you end up with a two thousand dollar hunk of useless electronics <laughs> scary yeah scary scary thing guitars you can fix but you know you can change a pickup or you can you know readjust a headstock but you can't and um, there's even like sharpen my axe or whatever uh philipping night show shows you how to basically fix broken gear like there's so many resources on the internet it is crazy and um, yeah so cool that is new versus old gear friends what do you prefer old gear new gear where do you buy it um, hit us up on Twitter. We would love to know or sharpenthatx at gmail.com. Um, yeah, so we are moving on to our main topic of the show, which is um, because we have been away for so long and because we were talking about what is the point of the podcast is basically to improve yourself. We're talking about ruts and getting into a rut, but most importantly of all, getting out of a rut. So um, before we talked about kind of setting goals and taking that kind of mindset, John, do you think in the last, like, year or two years your idea towards getting out of a rut has changed at all um i think so maybe a little bit partly because i've found myself in a couple of them you know there's been the the post thesis letdown and then coming back to things and being like 
I didn't really play a whole lot of guitar over the last year. Like, what do I do? Where do I even start? There's so it's, much stuff. It's a shit you feeling. Know? Yeah. Um, and then I would say there was also just kind of the sense of um, trying to stay motivated. I think it's pretty easy if you don't have a project that you're working on to kind of get sidetracked or get bored with whatever you're working on. So yeah. definitely setting goals, I think, helps. And since you mentioned goals, that wasn't necessarily yeah. one of my talking points, but it, it's definitely helped me a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I, I'd say it has shifted a little bit, but I think everything that we've kind of talked about in the past, friends, if you care to go back and look at some very early episodes, I don't know how far back those episodes are. Somewhere Spectre in the teens. Bell bottoms and long hair. And <laughs> yeah, back in the day, man. I see uh, you more with an afro there, Dylan. That's yeah, I know. It's the heat. It's the sun. It's just making my hair grow like crazy. Yeah, crazy yeah. weather. Crazy weather. Yeah. Anyway. That's, we're not a weather podcast. Not Are yet. we not? Uh, not yet? No, we're not. And okay. I mean, so, it is partly an Irish podcast. It wouldn't be Irish if you didn't like talk, talk about the weather. That's, that, that's, that's true. But we were past small talk, John. We've known each other for a lot. <laughs> So anyway, one so thing, what, one I mean, what you about you? You've, okay. you've had several projects going on, you know, post-thesis letdown and traveling and things like, so there's, um, I presume at some point in the last year, you might've found yourself in a little bit of a rut or maybe even just kind of playing the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you hit a roadblock or more specifically um, a box, like maybe a pentatonic box block, if you know what I mean. Uh, Just, uh, I, see, I see what you did yeah, there. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah there you go. Uh, five, eight, five, seven, five, seven, blah, blah. Um, yeah, I think, see, this is one of the things, and I've been thinking a lot about, because I, I, I work for a, a e-commerce company now, and a big thing is all about branding and putting your stuff out in social media. And I was watching all these friends while I was traveling and while I was guitar-less, um, when I wanted to be guitar more. Um, just, uh-huh. uh, um, so just like friends of mine doing really well and doing stuff on guitar and me just being like, oh, and I, I feel that social media can be really inspiring when it comes to like, look at what this person is doing. You can do My favorite person on social media playing music right now is this guy called Mono Neon. He used to play bass with Prince for a little while. He is insane. He just takes, he takes dialogue videos from YouTube and plays along oh, with them on the bass. It's that amazing. guy. Yeah, I've seen that guy. I love him. I think it's great. It's anyway, insane. It is. Yeah, he's, he's just a freaking nature. Um, never heard him speak. Uh, but on the other side, you can kind of develop a bit of an inferiority complex because this mm-hmm. person, and, you know, we talked about this with a um, friend of the show, Neely Brash, before, um, how, you know, putting stuff on Instagram can be a really good catalyst of, you know, staying productive. And, you know, when you do get that like or those views, it does give you that endorphin hit, but it can also work the other way around in that you can feel like, what's the point in practicing? I'm never going to be as good as blah, X, you know? Um, so I think that l- knowing how to respond to social media is a good way of getting out of a rut. If you hear a lick that you like, you can be like, oh, I want to learn that now, or a song or whatever. Um, what did I hear? Yeah, I heard, I heard some song through social media the other day. I was like, that sound, it was a Prince song off his first album and I was like that solo was really good so it was like a good chance to actually learn something um through social media but that's another thing before we were we started we started recording um you were talking about what was it uh listening listening yes listening to music yeah listening to the music that got you excited yeah yeah I think for me kind of going back to some of the things that and maybe the licks that you couldn't play when you started playing 
So, and recently I talked about kind of learning some old Van Halen tunes that I wasn't really able to play when I first picked up the guitar, but you know, something like Unchained, which isn't super <laughs> difficult, but isn't super easy either, you know? Yeah. Um, and just something like that, that was like, Hey, that was kind of, that was a fun little foray into something different. And it, it kind of spurred some other things like, Oh yeah, well, Maybe I go take a look at another Van Halen tune that I always wanted to play and I never picked it up. Um, and that, then you kind of find yourself finding some other directions. But I think just finding new music to listen to, because frequently I'll go through these phases where, um, well, I say frequently, but it probably happens about once a year, which is frequent enough, where it feels like everything I'm listening to sounds the same. And I get really frustrated by that. And it's like, everything sounds the same. I'm bored with all of it. I'm bored playing with all of it. Um, but that's why I, I do enjoy Spotify. So I'll just put on something new, completely different, you know? Uh, and this was something else I, I mentioned before we started recording. Find something different to listen to and then something from that that you could work on. So, yeah. you know, maybe it's gypsy jazz or which you never thought you listened to. Or maybe it's chicken picking country guitar. Like, you never know find something completely out of your wheelhouse just pop guitar you'd be surprised at some of the interesting sounds and things that people are doing or a band like the Foles, for example which they have some really interesting guitar parts they're not overly difficult but they're they can be a little bit challenging you're not going to get it in the first pass most of the time yeah but it works for the song yeah exactly Exactly. I think as well with that, going back to like YouTube, you have no excuse if you want to learn gypsy jazz or you like don't know where to start. Yeah. Just type gypsy jazz lesson. Like when I got my telly yesterday, the first thing I typed, I was like, I'd love to learn. Like I just got a telly. I'd love to learn a John five. Like, and I'm just like, you know, the five, you know, 30 minutes later, I was like, all right, I know this lick now. This is great for my, you know, my voc lick vocabulary. And um, it's great to have stuff like that, that, that resource. And yeah, I think that listening to that stuff that gets you excited or just think about what songs do you air guitar to more than ever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, what are your go-to air guitar songs? And like, can you play that stuff? Cause like with me, it just kind of comes back to it right now. Brad Paisley stuff. Oof. Yeah. So good. So good. And um, yeah. So, but I will talk about a little bit more of that. I've been, what I've been working on um, in our section, what you've been working on. Um, so yeah, we've got a lot of good points there, John. I'm, breaking out of a rut anything you'd like to add yeah um i don't know I, I think i think those two big things for me just uh listening and then finding something that would be outside of your normal preferred genre whatever yeah. that is you know if you're a blues guy try to find try to play some pop guitar or some acoustic guitar or you know whatever um i don't know for me that's usually something that I'll, I'll bend towards and just say, oh, hey, I don't know anything about this or I haven't played any Brad Paisley in a long time. Maybe I should learn a new lick because yeah. I have like three Brad Paisley licks that I pull out with <laughs> when, <laughs> when I need a country lick. So Yeah, there you go. Yeehaw. Um, no, I, I, I know what you mean. And one thing I did when I was stuck in a rut when I was in Vietnam, but I did have a guitar, was I sticked on, stuck on. And it was like the first week of January and I found this playlist, which was like the top 50 pop songs of 2017. And I just would stick, I would pick one and I just like, okay, I'm going to figure out the chords, the harmony and what the singer is doing and like what the other instruments are doing. And that's even like that, that is so great for your ear. 
That's massive. Yeah. So I'd say, you know, ear training is a good way to get you out of a rut. And it's something that if you try it now, like no matter how long you're playing guitar, like it's definitely a muscle that you would not be able to do a couple of years ago. Like you're, you're, you're so much quicker than you used to be, which is really, really good to hear when you think like, oh, my technique still sucks. Your ear has definitely developed without you even knowing it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And the more time you get on your instrument too, and just being able to figure out those things. Uh, Chris Zupa talks a little bit about that. I can't remember where or what video, but just being able to um, hear what you're playing. Uh, and he did, he also talked about it in the, the interview that we did. He but did really, sure. really listening for those, for what a scale sounds like, and then knowing on your fretboard what it sounds like when you play it in that position. So good yeah. stuff. Good, good the best stuff. stuff. Um, excellent. So, John, this brings us to the most important question of the show, of a, of a Rutbuster show. What have you been working on? Okay. So, another, actually, a good thing, and I think we've talked about this before, is like having a project or something to work on. So, mm. I am working on kind of a, a parody project with a friend of mine. And oh, yes. your weird have, love, finally. Uh, have, have I told you about this? No. So, Okay, so the in the 80s, it seems like, go back and watch some videos from, from the 80s. You'll notice there's a whole bunch of empty mansions that are just waiting for rock stars to come in and film videos. <laughs> so, Right? Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So we sort of decided, like, um, it, kind of on a whim, we were going to do a, a project and call it Listless Mansions because of all these listless mansions. And it's, it's kind of a broad uh, genre parody. Um, and that's, that's, for example, we've got like a meatloaf parody. We've got a men at work parody. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so, and is there like a theme or is it just like... Um, no, not, uh, not as of yet. So we're just... Is this an excuse for you to listen to more Weird Al? Because like <laughs> you don't need one. No, not, not, not so much more Weird Al. More things like, you know, men at work and the police. So, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I suppose. Yeah. No, that would force you to kind of listen to what's going on. Yeah. So, which is, you know, it's kind of interesting to sort of mimic a style and and kind of try to turn. So you've got something like "Land Down Under," which isn't a serious song to begin with, but you know, somebody is attempting to make a serious narrative out of this. So, yes. uh, um, how do we combine what would be similar themes from like the '80s? like dinosaurs in Australia and combine those things into one, <laughs> the one Please, song. John, I, I might have to do a weekly update on this because I really want to see where this goes. I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to keep you informed. So I haven't done much with it since, uh, since I've been back, but that is kind of one of the things that's, that's one of our, our top projects at the moment. And like I said, we've got the meatloaf parody, which actually is starting to sound like a Nick Cave parody, but you know, Oh, it's it's I would say the thing is about it. It's interesting because you do have to spend some time again listening and then figuring out, okay, what is this particular artist doing? What is the guitar player doing to kind of create this overall soundscape and how can you um, mimic that in a way? So class. Yeah. Well, anyway, there you go. (laughs) So what have you been working on? You're totally speechless. I've got I, nothing to I, say. I am very excited for where this goes. That's that's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> whew, what have I been working? Okay, so 
one of the things I really wanted to talk about this episode was I went back to guitar lessons last week. I Ooh. got my first lesson off local Galway legend, um, guitarist for uh, kind of a cult band in the, the 90s, late 80s, late 80s or 90s called Toasted Heretic. Um, really, really, like he's like a session player now, he just kind of slots in with cover bands and stuff, but he is so good. So I sat down, I, I've had lessons with him before and I know he's very direct and he kind of, he can tell if you're not practicing or not doing the work and he will call you on it, which I really like. Oh, that's I, cool. I, I need that accountability system. He's not there to make friends. He has very few slots. So, you know, he takes it all very seriously. So that's great. So he has given me, so I sat down with him and I was like, okay, 30 minutes. And he was like, okay, you record the whole lesson on your phone. You can listen back. And he's like, don't take notes. Just like listen back later. I was like, that's cool. Uh, I was like, I want to play country and I want to like just develop my chops. And he's like, okay, that's a big statement because like country guitar is deceptively difficult. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. I listen to a lot of it. Um, the guitar based stuff. So what he's given me is some really, really cool stuff. But one thing that he gave me is like, um, he's getting me to practice the minor pentatonic, which you flatten every fifth, um, which is, which is really, really cool. And just practicing that and mixolydian stuff, mixolydian patterns. And one thing he's is like, you really need to work on your, he got me to play some hybrid picking licks and he was like, okay, your dynamics are off. So you really need to strengthen your other two fingers. So he was basically like, okay, you do this pentatonic pattern or whatever, but like, you know, down, up, down, up. But instead of doing an upstroke, you're using your other finger and it's on the same string. It's really, really weird. But he's like, that is how you build those muscles. And he's like, you are going to hate this, but it's really going to pay off. Um, and yeah, also he gave me, have you heard any th- of the, the album that Chet Atkins recorded with Mark Knopfler? No, that sounds like my brain would dribble out my ears. It's because Declan is a massive Mark Knopfler fan. And he's like, <laughs> here is, um, he's like, okay, this is the song that you listen to because it's constantly changing chords. And he's like, okay, it's the same four chord progression uh, or five chord progression, but you're picking out, you're doing one set of bars, figuring out where all the sevenths of each chord are, and then another four bars, figuring out where all the thirds of each chord are, and stuff like that. And then he's like, that's basically one of the things you have to focus on just to build your ear. And I was like, that's really cool. So that's what I'm working on right now, long story short. Um, wow. Yeah, it's, it's all the things, like he gave me all the stuff and he's like, it's up to you how much you want to practice this or a little. So what I do now is I have all these exercises to basically fragment into how much time a day I want to spend working on it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's, it's a lot. And it's, it's some, for someone who hasn't really sat down to practice in a little while, it's, it's great, but also so, so, sort of daunting, but also great. Um, yeah, so that's that's what I've been what I'm working on, John. Have you been listening to anything new since I saw you last? Uh, yeah, so in tandem with this Listless Mansions project, um, there, <laughs> very excited. There, there's a, an artist by the name of Alex Cameron. Um, <gasps> I love Alex Cameron. He's okay. so good, man. Yeah, and, I love. And so this is, I mean, to to a certain extent, this is kind of what we're aiming for. Is this kind of like slightly bizarre like but taking almost taking yourself too seriously even though you're it's all tongue-in-cheek anyway you know what i mean he's like every all of his songs are just so well crafted but completely ridiculous you know like uh running out of luck which is one of my favorites i don't know if you know that one no i know that one. yeah yes i'm a man on a mission and you're a stripper out of luck and we're good in the backseat, but we're better up front. 
Uh, yeah. It's just it's it's said in such like a dour way. And yeah, it's, Cameron, and it's so that. earnest. It's just like it's so, yeah. Um, yeah. But Horse I really Horse enjoy Horse him. Witness. You know, yeah. he's like his videos. He's got um, he's playing an acoustic guitar, for example, in that particular song. And there's no there's no acoustic guitar anywhere in the song. There's a saxophone player that follows him around the entire song and has one solo in the last like 30 seconds of this. So like, he's very self-aware and, and it is kind of an overall parody thing, but his songs are so well-crafted. It's so good. Yeah. I really like it. And he has that duet with uh, Angel Olsen and yeah, no, that album from last year, Forced Witness. Um, I don't know how I came across it, but I love that album and I think it's great. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, anyway, yeah. So, uh, what, what was the name of that one? It was um, the the duet, uh, Stranger's, Stranger's Kiss. Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, Stud Muffin '96. That's another one of it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so weird, so weird looking, and such yeah, such a great artist. Love the guy. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. Um, I have been listening to, because I'm going to two gigs this week, which are, it, it's a amazing, it's been an amazing year for gigs, but but two gigs uh, this week, one of which is in Galway tomorrow. It's this um, band, kind of like art pop band called Tune Yards. I don't know if you know them, no. but it's a lot of like live drum loops. And it's actually, it's it's mostly kind of melodic. It's, it's very quirky and weird, but I saw them at a music festival a couple of years ago and I've been seen two or three times since. But the big gig that I'm going to uh, this week is Paul Simon's Farewell Tour. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, dude, that's seriously. Friday with James Taylor and Bonnie Raitt supporting, so. What? Yeah, so that's oh. very excited about that. Yeah, uh, no kidding. So that should be fun. I will, I will let you know how that goes. But yeah, I'm, I have no idea what to expect. And a part of me, like if I... Like I went to see Roger Waters a few weeks ago and that was amazing. But I looked up the set list beforehand just to know like what to kind of revise because there's so much Pink Floyd stuff. But with Paul Simon, I don't want to look at a set list because I just want to be pleasantly surprised, you know? I think that's fair. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's what I'm what I'm going on. Um, yeah, that's a good welcome back episode, John. I enjoyed this. Hooray. Hooray. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so too. So... Anyway, anyway that's, that's, us. that's us. Yes, uh, friends, we'll be back for what is possibly episode 50. I haven't looked at the episode list in a while. Um, yeah, you've got some homework. Check out Force Witness by Alex Cameron if you want to go to laugh. Um, and yeah, that's, that's us for today, guys. Stay sharp.